Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, y'all. It's time to put the haters to bed. Today, we go down the list on why the negative Nancy's need to get out of Minnesota. That's happening right now on Viking Hot Take after the roll-in. Dave, let's go. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Viking Hot Takes. We've got Eric J. Thompson from Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie. We've got six questions, 20 minutes, and the fans, the answers in the comments. Eric, are you ready for this? I think so. I uh, My face is a little cold, especially compared to the last couple of weeks. I had the beard and then the mustache. Now this is stage three. I'm, at, I'm in summer mode. But uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're, we're, things are starting to take shape. The Vikings got a player. They got a big free agent player. So we can talk about that. And there, there's uh, there's mm-hmm. probably some more moves to come. I think that'll probably be the biggest move. But yeah, things are happening. The offseason's chugging along. We're getting closer and closer to the draft. It's fun. Yeah, like you said, big splash signing. We got Viking Jerome, Jeffrey Klein, Nick Howard, a bunch of our favorite Vikings fans in the chat ready to answer these questions with us. So, Dave, put the time up on the screen and let's get to it. We start with Zadarius Smith. It's a three-year, $47 million contract. Eric, what are your thoughts on our new edge rusher. Well, that's what we know about the the contract so far. It's th- it's up to forty seven million dollars. It's three years, forty two, and I don't think the year by year breakdown. At least I haven't seen it personally, but I think overall that's very fair market value for a guy that has shown he can be one of the better, you know, the more prolific pass rushers in the league. And then, I mean, if you look at the money that guys like T.J. Watt and Joey Bosa and Miles Garrett and Cleo Mack and Max Crosby and even Von Miller got recently. Three years, forty-two million. That seems like a pretty good deal, even if it, it can push up to forty-seven million on incentives. And of course, I mean, like, I'm not saying that Zadarius Smith is those guys, but he, at the at mm-hmm. the rate he is compared to those guys, that's a pretty good deal, I think, overall. And I'd like, of course, like the the Vikings' other prolific pass rusher, he missed most of last year. He, had, I think, he had one regular season game and the one playoff game that the Packers had. Um, but in the two yeah. Pro Bowl seasons before that with Green Bay, he played in every single game. And in the four years before that, when he was playing for the Ravens, he played at least, I think, 13 games a season. So, like, he's shown that he's been durable. Bad luck last year. So I don't think that's a huge concern. And, you know, 
I'd much rather have the what I think it was four years, thirty-five million that he originally uh, agreed mm. to to go back to Baltimore. <laughs> right. I mean, that contract would be nicer than three forty-two. But again, I think it's a pretty right. good. Uh, if he can return to form, I'd really like the deal. And I think we've spent a lot of this offseason already on this show, even talking about we were wondering what the future is going to be for Daniil Hunter, and basically who the hell is going to line up on the other side of him. And this past week, I think both of those questions kind of got answered. Like that, and, and there's sounds like a Hunter extension might be in the works, but they they restructured it the, to free up some salary cap, and and now they brought in Zadarius Smith, who won't just line up on the other side of Daniel Hunter. He's proven in Green Bay and in the scheme that he can kind he can kind of line up all over, especially on third downs. He can be that kind of wild card and rush the passer from a lot of different areas, depending on the matchup. And, you know, my favorite part of it is that it made Packers fans salty and it sent them scrambling for all the excuses of why the team didn't really want him back and he was injury yeah. prone and they didn't need him. You know, it really they, is they kept that simple. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's always a nice bonus, but again, he's a really good player and I think it's at a pretty good uh, price. So yeah, I, I, overall that's, that's great. There's still a lot of work to do on this roster, but I think that's a step in the right direction. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like you said, you hit all the points. Number one for me is the discount. And we have a lot of fans this week talking about, oh, the injury history. Oh, is he really going to be effective as he moves into his 30s? This is the best signing the Vikings have made all season long. We were waiting for this. We were begging them to make a splash. And... Let's let's just say what it is. The number one thing the haters need to stop doing is stop attributing this entire offseason to the big KC. I get it. You didn't like the Kirk Cousins signing. But if you're unable to separate the rest of the Vikings offseason and understand that they're, they are making separate but good moves, if you're going to carry that smell of the Kirk Cousins extension onto good moves like this, Good moves like signing Jordan Hicks. Good moves like giving Adam Thielen a pay cut. Then that's on you. You don't need to be that negative. You can you can view these things separately, and you can realize that the Vikings do some good things and some bad things at the same time. Kirk Cousins didn't stop Justin Jefferson from breaking out. Kirk Cousins didn't stop Eric Kendricks from putting together Pro Bowl season after Pro Bowl season. So yes, Zadarius Smith can come here. He's a scheme fit. He knows these coaches. He's a character guy. And the middle of our defense right now is literally Daniil Hunter, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks, and Zadarius Smith. Vikings fans should be excited about that. That's what I, mean, I got. What I got the most what the, what I got the most out of that is that Flip is Kirk Cousins' number one fan. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I hated the no, Kirk Cousins. I, 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 I yeah. know, I know. I'm just giving you crap about that, but like, that's a very fair point to bring up during all of these conversations. Is that don't like on either side, don't paint anything with the Kirk Cousins brush, like to to argue for and against stuff. Like you can throw all the stats up about Kirk Cousins on the offense and all this stuff. It doesn't tell the whole story. And the same thing with all the salary cap stuff. Like, oh, his his contract is absolutely. Uh, crippling the team they can't make any of the moves that's not true either so like you take every like i really like that approach of like you can take everyone individually you can take these moves yes they all are connected because it is a salary cap league and that it does prevent you from going out and making maybe some other big free agent splash signings but yes i think in uh we 
the Vikings fans should be happy about this move. Zedaria Smith makes the defense better. The defense needs to get better. There's still a couple places they need to get better. We'll talk about that later in the show. But yes, it's it's a step in the right direction. But that's what kind of what brings me to my first question. It looks like we're not doing the the re the rebuild the the reset. That's off the table now. Like this mm-hmm. from this the mm-hmm. moves they made this week. It's clear that they're not doing that. Is retooling the better strategy than just hitting the reset button? Uh, so the better strategy, this is a really good question. I, I don't think it's the better strategy. I think we can say, ideally, they would have entered this offseason. They would have traded away Kirk Cousins. They would have reset the roster. But that wasn't available to them. They didn't have the trade offers on the table to go down plan A. So the last thing at least can what, do, at least what was reported, because we don't like maybe they did get offers that we don't know about because people jumped on our throats right. about that last. But, week. but yes, from what we heard, but, it doesn't seem you, like there was a ton. Yeah, and, and you look at what Matt Ryan got, just like a third round pick. Nobody in in the Vikings fan base would have been okay with that for Kirk no. Cousins. So, so I, I mean that if that's the alternative, then yes, the what they're doing now is the better strategy. I mean, it's a plan B and it shows that they're aware and they're going to be savvy about how they treat these moves. And that's more important than any given one move or one retool strategy for me. Yeah. And I think, what do you think? I think personally, I think the, the rebuild, you know, the reset path, that's a clearer path. I think it's, it's easier to arrive at. I think, you know, hitting that reset button, jettisoning most of these one-year deals that the team made last year, getting younger and getting more cap flexible, getting more draft capital, instead of extending and restructuring some of these vets, some of these vets that are kind of getting older, they're in their 30s that have been great players, but maybe at the end of these contracts might not be worth that. You know, I think that's probably an easier sell to the fan base short term because it's like, hey, here we got a new regime these new guys in town we're way different we're gonna you know do we're gonna do everything differently but as we've seen it with several franchises throughout the league sometimes when you hit that reset button the screen just flashes like you know when your nintendo started going out when you were little like that that was like it doesn't do anything like it just keeps on going over and over i've seen that from a lot of franchises and there's no guarantee that rebuilds work like when you tear it down We've seen Jacksonville try to do that basically every single year since 2017, and they aren't any closer, I don't think. But I guess I, but we don't really have to worry about that now because the moves they made and the comments that Adolfo Mensa made in his press conference this week, I, I think the phrase was, uh, the catchphrase was competitive rebuild. And that's kind of, you know, again, that might sound familiar to a lot of the the, the Spielman, fo- the, you know, like the previous regime. It's like, well, what's what's so different? I think, you know, it's it's a tougher needle to thread, that's for sure. And it's one the previous yeah. regime kind of tried to do the last four years without a ton of success. And, you know, right. we, but like we talked about last week, most of the moves that they've made thus far don't go beyond the next couple of seasons. You know, there's not a whole lot on the books after 2023. They still, so have, the that, term, they still have that flexibility, yeah. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. this isn't, you know they're dooming themselves forever. But so the short term strategy is kind of starting to take shape a little bit. There's still obviously a lot to do, but I think it's going to take some time before we really see what, again, we're uh, a month or two into the the Duffamensa KOC, uh, the, the new regime. So we're going to give them some time here, but I think it's going to take some time before we really see what the real long-term approach is there. So, but yeah, it's, I think it's a a higher degree of difficulty what they're doing right now, because you have to hit on a lot of these moves because there isn't as much wiggle room. But again, I understand why they're doing it because hitting the reset button is no guarantee and you can just be bad for a while. 
Yeah, yeah, and and they are creating cap flexibility. So let's yep. let let's go. It, it, it might be a thirty minute show, guys. I'm not going to apologize. Quasi's going to take his time, so I'm going to take my time too. Hey, Eric, we'll, we'll get in. What's the biggest remaining need? Well, okay, I'll go a little quicker on this one since we're almost halfway already because, I mean, those first two were really good, meaty questions. But I think we talked about the interior offensive line last week, and I won't beat that one to death again, because, especially because there's nothing really new to report there. I mean, but J.C. Treader, you, you're around? We're, we're still here. You want to come to Minnesota? Like, it's, it's nice here when you compare it to Cleveland, at least, right? Like, it's come on down. Like, you know, that's fine. But, I mean, right now it has to be cornerback just because of the volume that's probably needed there. Like there's a couple good players yeah. here on the roster. I really like Dantzler. I think he's going to really keep on developing and, you know, Harrison hand is whatever, but like, I don't want him to be like right. the second corner right now. You know, like they're just, there is a right. need for multiple cornerbacks and effective cornerbacks and probably starting cornerbacks um, outside of Dantzler. I really don't trust anyone that's on the roster to, to be a full-time starter and not get roasted by the, the opponents. I know I, I've, I've joked on Twitter. It's like, well, you don't need cornerbacks when no one else in the division has uh, wide receivers right now. But uh, I think the Packers will probably pick up a couple in the draft or, or free agency. So it's, that's definitely, it's, I don't know where else you can go. That's, that's the biggest need right now is you've got to fill out that secondary with quality players. And I think it's going to take a, uh, you know, a combination of not just the draft because that's I think you're going to have to use a lot of the draft capital to to get a couple of hits on that, but probably try to find some good bark uh, uh, veteran uh, guys that can go bring in. You know, it, the Patrick Peterson has made it known that he really wants to to be back, but it, at what price? Mm-hmm. I don't think the ten million dollars is worth it for sure. But like maybe if they can come to some sort of agreement, I'd I'd, I'd probably welcome him back just for his leadership at least. With with is going to be and what's going to be another young cornerback room. So that's. That's it for me. I think yeah. it's pretty cut and dry for me. Do you have another position or you got on the same boat? Yeah, I, I actually disagree. And this is the second reason why the haters need to get out of the state of Minnesota. Because this entire, off, this entire offseason, we've been criticizing the Vikings for not tanking hard enough. And now we're going to turn around and tell them that we need to sign two veteran cornerbacks and draft a cornerback in the first round just so we can compete. Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. You're playing both sides of the story just to hate on what the team is doing. Let's be honest where we are. The cornerback room is a is a two-year fix. You are not, whoa, Mike DiNardo. Oh, you geez, are not, <laughs> you're not going to fix this cornerback room in one year. And I don't think they're trying to fix the cornerback room in one year. So... If they sign a veteran, great. If they put it on the three-year contract. But Harrison Hand, you're just going to have to be excited to find out if he can play football or not. Cam Bynum, okay. same thing. You're just going to be ha- you're just going to have to be excited oh, if they're oh, relying oh, on a third cornerback to be Nickelback. And and, okay. and so right. yeah, I don't agree with the sentiment that we have to get a veteran cornerback because again. We're not necessarily trying to field a contender in 2022. That's what that's no, what the fans I, want, right? Well, I, I don't know. The fans are the fans want one or the other. They don't want the wishy washy eight, nine, nine, and eight. But I think what you're saying is we might be there for 2022 before we can kind of advance out of it. Is that what you're getting at here? Because yes. that's okay. That's that's, I that's what I'm saying. All right, and, and that 
that might be extremely frustrating for a lot of Vikings fans who wanted to out of purgatory, but you might take a year to get out of purgatory. I'm with you there. All right. My yeah. second question for you. This is a fun thought exercise. I didn't do the, the F Mary kill <laughs> thing that you've done the last couple of weeks because you covered both sides. Yeah. But I would, I, my second question for you is if you could take one player off the bears or the lions roster to help the Vikings this year, who would it be? Packers they're, they have lots of choices and they have a couple of very yeah. obvious choices. Yeah. But the Bears and Lions, not as obvious. Where would you go? Uh, so first, I think if I could put one team onto the Bears, it would be Dakota Dozier is how I would go about it. But we already did. To, Yay! We already did. We did it. Yeah. To take uh, take one for I'll be quick here. I think the Bears um, I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson, young corner on a rookie deal. You know, he's solid. Mm. He's proven. You can pair him with Cameron Dantzler. It's not anything great, but like all the other signings, it's a guy who's on a cheap rookie deal. The Lions, right. I'm going to have a little more fun with the Lions, and I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson, who, again, another person on a rookie Ooh. deal. We don't really know what we have on the on in our tight end room right now because Irv Smith is coming off injury, and I this Nick Munt guy another cheap player. Let's see what he can do. But T.J. Hawkinson, I feel like his career is getting wasted in Detroit, and I would love to pair him with Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, K.J. Osborne. Oh, that would that would be murderous having both of those two having him and Smith. I like that idea. All right. Well, yeah. for the Bears, yeah. they, they had two easy choices. Like I, they, I would have gone with like Allen Robinson or Akeem Hicks, but Robinson's already on the Rams, mm -hmm. and Hicks probably isn't coming back. I mean, I guess I could technically say Hicks just to get him off the Bears so he doesn't kill us twice a year. But I mean, after that, it's not really that great. I'm like you can point to Fields because he's on a cheap deal and he probably could end up being really good, but. He isn't better than Cousins right now, and he'd probably just waste a rookie deal. So I like Montgomery, but not more than Cook. Um, I like, I guess Robert Quinn is okay. Like Eddie Jackson, <laughs> if we can transport him back to 2018. Uh, like I mean, like it, it's it's kind of slim pickings with the Bears. That was hard. I I, I like um, Jason's. The, uh, the, the NFC North is rough was. right now. It it really is. I I would I would take Mooney off of the Bears' hands, like Jason suggested okay. in the comments. I think that's that's pretty good. He'd make a nice compliment to, to that wide receiving core. Not a huge need, but I think he'd be good. And Lions, I mean, there's a pretty mm -hmm. good amount of choices there. They, I'd probably pick off their offensive line. I mean, what the, Frank Ragnow? How big of an upgrade would that be at center? Like he was one of the best. Like I'd even take yeah. Vitae and uh, was it Jonah Jackson, the other guard? Like both of those, you could plug and play in with what they have. Anybody big need possessions. <laughs> Right, exactly. And, like, I I really like – I think Jeffrey Okuda is still going to be good. Like, obviously, he has not had a great start to his career, but I, I think – I mean, he was mm -hmm. way too damn good at Alabama or uh, in college to, to be what he has so far. I think that I'd take him on the heartbeat with the Vikings corner bit situation. Uh, you know, maybe Mike Hughes – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, hey, we get to see Mike Hughes twice a year, so that'll be fun. All right, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's I would I would stick. I, it's 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 just weird that there's not a ton to pick from from those two teams. All right, what's your last one? NFC North. I like that Darnell movie pick. Okay, third question: Is seven draft picks enough? I'm telling you right now, Dave. We're going over, so extend the clock. Ah, no, let's keep going. We can figure it out. Okay, it is <laughs> if you use them correctly. It, we got to stick to the format. We have the people going to get in and out. So it, it is if you. I mean, like. Spielman's whole thing was take as many swings as possible. He'd always want to get to double digits. But, you know, like, 
is it that exciting when you get six, uh, sixth and seventh round draft picks and maybe one or two of them gets a rotational thing? Like that's not, it's not that much fun. And, you know, seven is technically the default. You know, you're supposed to get, there are seven rounds of the draft. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to get one each round. And, you know, that's, that's, so yes, it is enough. And, but it's, it does leave less room for swings and misses. And that's kind of, but it, even with, how many chances that Spielman had in the previous regime? There are way too many misses, so they they need to make them count. That's that's especially those ones at the top. You need to get some impact players if you're going to do this competitive rebuild, as Adolfo Mensa called it. You need a couple of these extra guys to to step in right away because that was the the kind of the downfall of the Spielman regime last year is it was Derisaw and basically not much else in that rookie class. Mm-hmm. And Derisaw was hurt for the first half of the year. They had 11 picks, basically no one did much you know Bynum had those couple games where he filled in that was it so yeah it's it's enough but you got you got to make them count and this is uh an important draft the first one is always uh extremely important for a a new gm so he's he's got to hit at least on a couple of these otherwise it's the the questions are going to start uh sooner rather than later yeah and the fans are right it is eight draft picks i think those are all really good yeah those are all good comments um I, I agree with you that H probably should be enough. We can't we three of them are six round picks, so we can't actually trade down to generate more picks unless it's like our only premium pick. And if they get two good picks out of this, that is, you know, if they get two starters out of this draft, that's an amazing yep. success with only sure. eight yep. picks and three in the sixth round. To me, this is another thing about the, Z- the Darius Smith signing because, sure, it is an edge-heavy draft, but we're not the only team that needs an edge rusher, and we don't have a lot of picks at the top of that draft. So to go into that draft trying to find an edge and not allowing yourself to have flexibility, that is, again, I think that's what informs what the Vikings are doing right now. They're not going to be able to get a whole new core of young players in this draft. They just don't have the picks to do it. So that's why you need to go into free agency and find new core players, find a Jordan Hicks. They've talked about character with all of these signings. And so just remember when they're making these moves that it's not going to be your typical Rick Spielman draft. I think fans should definitely focus on that and say, okay, this is the new core of our team. I think fans are counting on that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. Well, we have we're, five we're, seconds. Okay. This. Okay. This is just bonus. Then we'll go quick because we still want to. This one's a fun one anyway because the, the, this was a fun week of Minnesota sports. The the Wild are making deals. The Twins are signing Carlos Correa. They're fine. They, they they still need some pitching, but they're fun. And the Vikings are making moves. Which Minnesota team? And the Timberwolves. They're like they're not terrible anymore. They're in the playoffs right now. Which team is the most exciting for you right now? This is the number one, this is the number three reason why Vikings fans need to get out of the state of Minnesota. Why are we hating on the Vikings when when these other teams are not actually doing anything exciting, not actually doing anything that they've done before, but we got to pretend. No, no. Wearing your Dodgers hat. They just buy their team every year. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I, how many first-round playoff losses did the Minnesota Wild have? I mean, uh, did the did the CBA agreement get rid of the New York Yankees? Do the Twins not have to play them anymore? Because those same roadblocks are there. So you can't tell me that you're scared of the Vikings 
going eight and nine again, but be excited that the T-Wolves are the seventh seed in the NBA West. Like, what is that? It doesn't make sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, spoken like a true California flip. I love it. I I just think it's 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 with the last several years of uh, sports in this state, it's fun. I think the Wild are going to make a little bit of a run. I'm not going to say that they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals yet. I think they win at least one, probably two playoff rounds. They're 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 going to turn it around. And the Timberwolves just being in the playoffs, that's that's a win. Just and and finish off these stupid Lakers. It's right now they're lining up to play the Lakers in that first round. Or or well, I think they they get two chances at it. But like if they end up playing the Lakers, finish them off. Put Russell Westbrook away. Let's let's uh let's have something to celebrate with, uh, with that team. You're a glutton for punishment, Eric. Look, being a I'm Minnesotan, fan, uh, of course, by nature. You it, you are a fan of a heartbreak franchise that gives you free license to jump on the bandwagon in every other sport. So use that license. Cheer for the Dodgers. Uh, Cheer for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm born and raised like, Minnesotan. I'm born it. into it. I, 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 why it's, it's why in my would blood. you compound your heartbreak? You don't have to do uh, it. I'm just telling you, you have a choice. You have a choice, and you can be easygoing and optimistic. That optimism will spread from the team you don't care about to the team you do care about. Just think about hey, it. Hey, how about these loons? The loons are undefeated, baby. Watch. I, I went to their I game on like Saturday. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All I right. do like those loons. <laughs> Cheer for the Milwaukee okay. Bucks. Be the heel. Oh, well, I like Giannis. Giannis is nice. But all right. Okay. That we went way over. I appreciate everyone uh, uh, hopping on. And uh, the comments were great. Again, I know people miss the mustache. I miss the mustache. But again, I like being married as well. So I had to get rid of it. We'll see. It'll, it'll make an appearance again, I promise. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for suffering through my Wi-Fi last week. I can't. I can't guarantee that was the last time it'll happen, but it, it's great just to see the fans back in action on the pod. We'll uh, we'll be we'll keep on going as the moves keep on coming this offseason. Dave, what you got? Well, first off, while we were in the show, news broke, and you want positivity? The Zadarius uh, Smith contract is full of it. It looks to be basically a one-year deal for $9.5 million, which isn't a whole lot of money for a top-line defensive end. They have by the fifth day of next year to see if they want to go for the second year. That would be $22 million, still, I think, a reasonable price. And then again, they have the option on the third year at twenty. If everything pans out, everybody stays healthy and meet at the quarterback becomes, you know, the sequel. So and this, the cap goes up and the cap yep. goes up. All right. Okay. And this was a yeah. brilliant signing when you look at those numbers and what it allows the Vikings to do because they can get out of it starting next year at any time and not cost them extra money. There you go. Rob Let Brzezinski and Kevin is a Cook. genius. And we still got Rob, baby. I'll have, uh, maybe I'll grow up the mustache. I see y'all in the comments. <laughs> Until next time. Yep. Skull Bikes. Skull Bikes. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found. And. 
to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.